apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Jones had first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Steve Risser along here with Justin Anafrio. And last night it was a great game between the Nuggets and Lakers. Jokic had an unbelievable performance, went for 34, 21, and 14 as the Nuggets take cook a 1-0 lead over the Lakers. I mean, also the Nuggets starting the Nuggets starting five was awesome as well. They all averaged uh, double figures. A they all they all were in double figures. AD was phenomenal for the Lakers. He had a 40 points, uh LeBron with 26. So Really, really good start to that series. I mean, it looked like the Nuggets were going to blow them out, but the Lakers came back. But the Nuggets were able to pull it out, uh, one thirty-two, two twenty, one twenty-six. Yeah, yeah. Nuggets. I thought Jokic in the first quarter. You know, those six offensive rebounds really set the tone in that first quarter. And even when that game got close, like I felt like the Nuggets were always going to find a win that win that game. Um, they got out to a really fast start to score seventy-two points in the first half. But yeah, as you mentioned, the Lakers came back and it was because of their size and they went bigger. I know they started the game kind of trying to go small against them, but they, they put up a bigger lineup and it, you know, ended up working and they end up kind of um, find a way to get back in that ball game after yeah, they got blown out in the first half. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the big question for the Lakers is, is what do they have to do to even the series on Thursday night? And the first thing is AD just, just got to continue to play as well as he did. AD's just got to continue to play as well as he did. I mean, he had 40 last night. He's been, he's outside of, you know, since game two of that Warrior series, he has been outstanding for this team. He has played like a top 10 player. So AD has got to continue to play the way that he is. Number two, uh, they got to somehow, somehow find a way to contain Jokic. You're not going to stop him. You got to try to contain him though. Because if Jokic keeps going crazy like this, he's the best player in the series. So if he continues to go crazy like this, the Nuggets are definitely going to win this series. And number three, Le- Le- LeBron has got to find a way to make some threes. He was over four last night. He had a good game last night, but he's got to find a way to make some threes. And if he doesn't, the Lakers will be in trouble. And also, they're, the, the, D'Angelo Russell has got to step up as to step up too. He didn't have a good night last night either. Yeah, yeah. One of mine was D'Angelo Russell too. Yeah, he did not shoot the ball very well. You know, and plus minus, he was a minus twenty five last night. So, yeah, he really hurt the team last night. So yeah, they they need. A better performance for him tonight. My other one was Rui Hakamura. Yeah, he shot the ball, you know, great last night. He was, you know, and he's played well, you know, especially in that Grizzly series. And, you know, he had the team high 
was plus 10 um, in the plus minus category last night. And again, I thought when he kind of guarded Jokic there too, he only took two shots against him. I know it was like late in the game, but I thought, you know, he did a little bit better um, against him. So we'll see if he continues to guard him going forward. And then my last one was LeBron just kind of continues, continues to do his bully ball. You know, we saw in the Warriors series that he kind of attacked Curry one-on-one off of the screen. He did it last night to Murray, you know, and then again, what he does off of that is he either goes to the basket and scores or, you know, he goes in the post, he waits for the double team, he kicks out to an open shooter. So that's something too. If they knock down those shots, LeBron continues to do that, gets his matchup he wants. Um, The Lakers have a good chance of coming back and even this thing up going L.A. Yeah, this is a series that should go six or seven. Though watching the game last night, this is a series that should go six or seven. The Lakers could have easily laid down last night and, and lost that and, and just and just gave up, but they fought back. They made it a game at the end. So I think the series is going six or seven. But I do think the Nuggets win it in seven. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going with Nuggets in six. I think this is finally Nugget time. I think the way Jokic is playing, I I think they really want this this um. I think he really wants to get the finals here. I think he knows he's got a great opportunity. I think the Nuggets find a way to knock off the Lakers. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So it should be really, really interesting uh, game two on Thursday night between these two teams. But the big question is, with the with the question is, is it, Nicole Jokic? He had a huge game last night. Is he the best player in the game right now? And uh, I, I think he is. I think he is. He just does everything well. He he's he uh he, he makes his teammates better. It's like he's a he's like a seven foot point guard. Yeah. He makes his teammates better, so he's able to distribute the ball. He's unstoppable going to the paint. Anthony Davis could not guard him at all last night, and he could hit the three. So for me, I think he's I think he's clearly right now the best player in the game because he does a better job. He does a better job uh, than Giannis, making his teammates better around him. He does a better. He's he's much bigger than Steph. So uh, right now for me and LeBron, we saw last night he's not as good as he once was. So for me, I think it's clear that Jokic is the best player in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, he makes everybody else around him better. And when he's got the ball in his hands, you never know what he's gonna do. Again, one one possession you can go right to the basket, you're not be able to stop him. The next one he could dump it off to one of his teammates, and you have no idea what he's gonna do with the basketball. And it makes him really hard to defend. And yeah, it's him being seven foot tall as well. You know, he's such a unicorn, and we haven't seen really anything like this. And he's one of the best centers offensively, you know, in, in history of basketball, you know, he's just been unbelievable. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's a little bit better than Giannis. You know, I don't think, yeah, as you mentioned, I don't think he may, I don't think Giannis makes his teammates as better as much as uh, Jokic does. So I, I'm with you. I think, you know, he should have deserved, he should have got the MVP. He, I, I understand and be definitely deserved it as well, but the way he played last night, the way he's been playing this whole postseason, um, he just makes such a difference team, and I think he's right now the best player in the sport. Yeah, and I'll admit you were right about that. He should have definitely been the MVP. He is definitely, definitely a better player than Joel Embiid. And you saw that. You saw Embiid's last two games, how he didn't mm-hmm. demand the basketball at all. He and, and and overall, he just doesn't make it. Embiid doesn't make his teammates better around him the way Jokic does. He's not the ball handler that Jokic is. So yeah, there, there's no question, no question. He should have been the MVP over Joel Embiid. It's embarrassing Embiid was the MVP. Looking at what happened, uh, uh, what happened last week. Yeah, didn't Mark Jackson leave him off his ballot? I saw too. He left Jokic off his MVP ballot. That's absolutely ridiculous. That's absolutely. I thought I saw that. I read that somewhere. That's absurd. Like, yeah, that. I get the voter fatigue, and I get I get why they did vote for him. But oh yeah, like. The way Embiid played down the stretch in that series and the way Jokic's been going all postseason long, yeah, Jokic deserves the three straight, you know, MVPs. And he's on a mission to, to prove that that he did deserve that that um MVP trophy once again. Cause yeah, he, he's he's been awesome this whole postseason. He's so fun to watch and he's just such a unique basketball player and something we've really never seen before in the sport. Absolutely. And it's sad that people don't appreciate it because he plays in Denver. They don't watch a ton of his games, so people really don't appreciate how good he is. I think this series is what's going to get people to appreciate how good Jokic is. I think they'll finally realize how great Jokic is watch, uh, watching this series. Yeah, I think that's a great point because, yeah, playing in a small market like Denver, Denver's never – I know they haven't won a championship. I don't think they've ever made the finals. You know, I know they did, like, way back when the ABA League, but – yeah, I, I think this is something, yeah, where a lot of eyeballs are on them. They're playing the Lakers. The Nuggets have always kind of struggled in these postseason matchups against the Lakers throughout their history. 
Um, so yeah, I think a lot of eyeballs are gonna be on them. I think especially if they win the series, I think a lot of people are really gonna be um very impressed with Jokic. And again, you know, rightly so, you know, everybody gives the credit to Curry, um, you know, Giannis, LeBron, you know, and all those other guys. But yeah, I feel like Jokic's always left off that kind of um like that highlight kind of you know talking about him in that way and I, yeah Jokic should be right there with him for everything that he can do as position at his size it's it's so unique and and yeah he should be a lot more kind of people should appreciate him more around the around the sport than they do yeah they, they really should because he's just a phenomenal player and he's, he's outstanding and yeah the Nuggets didn't make deep playoff runs the last two years but the biggest reason why the Nuggets didn't make those playoff runs is they didn't have they didn't have Jamal Murray. Now you see what, what Jokic is with Jamal Murray. You saw in the bubble what Jokic was with Jamal Murray. He got to the conference finals against the Lakers. Now you see what Jokic is with Jamal Murray. They're, they're now back in the conference finals. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Murray had a great game with 31 points last night. Yeah, you know, Murray um, is a great number two to Jokic. They, they fit together really well. With I know Murray's a very streaky shooter, but when he's on, he's on. You know, Michael Porter Jr. turned into a pretty nice player as well, so – yeah, you know, the Nuggets got enough talent around them. And, you know, they, they, especially in this, especially with this Final Four, you know, the Lakers are seven. I know they've been playing really well since the All-Star break. You know, the Heat, the Heat have had a great run here, but I think we probably both agree the Celtics are going to get them. But, and then we've seen the Celtics. They've been very up and down this postseason. So, yeah, like the Nuggets got a great shot with this talent, with this roster right now with Murray. Um, You know, and yeah, this is like the Nuggets' best shot here to, to win, to win a finals. It absolutely is. And now speaking of the Celtics and Heat, he, they start the Eastern Conference Final tonight. This is the third time in four years these teams have played in the Eastern Conference Finals. And we'll start with the Celtics. What the Celtics have to do to win this series, and it's pretty obvious. Tatum, for me, Tatum has to continue to be great. Number two, they got to contain Butler the way the Knicks did. The Knicks did not allow a 30-point game from Jimmy Butler. If the Celtics don't allow a 30-point game from Jimmy Butler, they're going to win this series. And third, Brogdon and Smart uh, got to continue to contribute. And if it wasn't for their contributions in Game Six of that mm. series, the Celtics probably don't get don't don't win that game in Philadelphia because they don't have a, Tatum doesn't have a chance to go off at the end. The reason Tatum had a chance to go off at the end in that game was because of the way Smart and Brogdon played in Game Six. So those are the three things that have to happen for me for the Celtics to get back to the NBA Finals. Yeah, my three. I'll start with number one was that. Which was your one of your points was yeah keeping Butler in check you know he's been averaging thirty points a game throughout this postseason he's shooting over fifty percent they did a good job of keeping um Trey Young in check there for the first you know five you know almost five games there and then he went off the last couple but you know and I think that in the Celtics gonna be able to throw multiple guys at him you're gonna see Jalen Brown probably guard him you're gonna see Marcus Smart you see Derek White you're probably even gonna see a little Jason Tatum on him so. They can kind of throw a couple of different bodies on them, try to give them some different looks offensively. But yeah, they cannot let um, Jimmy Butler beat them. My second one for the Suns is to get out and run. I feel like that's when they're at their best in transition, getting easy baskets. And the, and the Heat are so good defensively that it's tough to score on them in the half court at times. Um, getting out and run is huge for Suns. And then my last one is play 40, 48 minutes, you know, again, like they've, they've messed around so far in some of these games. And the Heat, yeah, they're an eight seed, but we've seen they got the talent. This is a Heat team that took them seven games last year. And if Jimmy Butler had anything left in the tank, you know, he left that final shot short there. You know, like the Celtics kind of hung on last year against them. They can't, they can't mess around with the team and, and kind of fool around here. And and, and you know, mm-hmm. you would like some extra rest going in the finals. You would think the Celtics. So for them, it's kind of play a complete game. You can't just show up for twenty minutes and kind of think you're going to win a basketball game. Not you know not. Not at this point, even against a Heat team that's an eight seed. Absolutely not. You made, you made a great point playing 48 minutes. That's stuff in the, the Celtics have not done in the postseason. Game five against the Hawks, they were, did not come out with great intensity. Game one against against the uh, against the Sixers. Sixers. Game five against the uh, against the Sixers. Sixers. And, and I think that the, 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 there is a major coaching difference in the series. And I think mm-hmm. the, one of the big reasons why the Heat can win this series is because of Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolster, this is a major coaching mismatch. Eric Spolster against Joe Mazzulla. Joe Mazzulla, yes, Joe Mazzulla, give him credit. He made adjustments in the last two games against the Sixers, against the Sixers to win that series. But the, there's a major coaching mismatch in this series with, with Eric Spolstra and uh, Joe Mazzulla. And Joe Mazzulla, and if the Celtics don't show up like tonight, they don't show up ready to play. I don't care what the talent level, the Heat, the, 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 I don't care that they're, more, they're the more talented team. The Heat will go in there and beat them. 
Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with you. That's a great point. Because, yeah, I think Spolster could win two a game or two by himself in the series just with the coaching matchup. Like, it, it's very possible. So I completely agree with you. With Missoula, you know, Spolster could really outcoach Missoula and it could really cost the Celtics game, especially we saw execution late in – um. Late in game on four was against against the Sixers. Just the, the way he botched that ending. So yeah, I think Spolster is good to win a game or two this two in this series himself, just with the coaching matchup. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now we'll go to the Heat. The three biggest things the Heat have to do to win the series. And number one, Butler has to be the Butler in the in the Buck series, not the Butler in the Knicks series. The Butler in the Knicks series. It was the Butler in the Knicks series was close to the Butler in the regular season. Not a great good three point shooter. And didn't score a ton of points. I mean, yeah, he, he averaged over twenty in the regular season, but he did. He wasn't. He wasn't special. Uh, he did not have a game where he scored. Uh, he didn't have a thirty-point game in the next series, and he only made one three in that next series. They need the Jimmy Butler from the from the Milwaukee series if they're going to win this series. Number two, the, Bam has to be good every game. He has to be a compliment to Jimmy Butler, and he has been all postseason. He had a really good series against the Bucks, and he had a really, really good series against the Knicks. So, if Bam can be that compliment to Jimmy, the Heat the, 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 definitely have a chance to, to make this a long series. And number three, the Heat bench must must outscore the Celtics bench. The biggest reason, one of the, I think, the biggest reason why the Heat won the series against the. Uh, the biggest reason why the Heat won the series against the Knicks wasn't because wasn't because of Butler and Brunson. It was because of the bench. The bench of the Heat was really good in that Knicks series. And if the Heat bench can be really good again and can, and can outscore the Celtics bench, they definitely will have a chance to win this series. Yeah, they absolutely would. You know, um, my three, my first one is force from first force turnovers. You know, Miami's at the best defensively when they're destructing other teams. You know, creating easy baskets. And last year, you know, Boston's four wins in the Asia Conference Finals. They only committed 12 turnovers a game. And the three losses, they committed 19. So Miami was good trying mm-hmm. to, you know, when they forced turnovers, it's, they usually won the game last year uh, against the Celtics. And Miami's going to have to hit threes. I know they did struggle at times against the Knicks in that series. When the, when the Celtics shoot 40% or more this year, they're 36-2, and two, um, you know, from behind the arc. So if – if Boston's hitting their shots, you know, Miami could be in some trouble. And especially the way they play their defense, they're going to, you know, they're going to put a lot of ball pressure on you. And that's going to lead to a guy, if, if the Celtics make the right pass, um, there's usually going to be somebody open to hit, knock down a three. And the last one is um, they got to they gotta win the non-Jimmy Butler minutes. You know, when he's not in the game so far, they've outscored their opponents by 14 points um, per 100 possessions. And only during the regular season they were they were outscored by two points per hundred possessions when he was on the floor. So they've been good this postseason, as, as you did mention. You know, you're you, with the bench, um, and you, one of the Heat's keys as well is yeah, you know the Heat the Heat bench has played really really well when he's not on the floor. They're going to have to continue to continue to do that against Celtics this, this series. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So for this series, I think it's going to be a competitive series, but. I'm for the second year in a row. I'm going to take the team with more talent because this is a talent dominated league. I know the Heat have a major coaching advantage, but I'll take the team with the more with, with the, that's more talented. And I'm going to take the Celtics to get back to the NBA Finals and win this in six. Yeah, I'm with you. I got Celtics in six as well. I think Tatum and, and Jalen Brown are a little bit too much. And Jimmy Butler's had a great postseason, great run, but yeah, I think uh, I think yet again it they it gets cut short to the Boston Celtics. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's been it's been a nice run, but I just think. The Celtics are the better team. But last night was the NBA draft lottery, and it was pretty much a huge event because it was it really showed you where Victor Wembanyama was going to go. And it looks like the team he's going to go to is the San Antonio Spurs. They get the number one pick. You saw the excitement from the representative mm-hmm. at, the draft, at, the, at, at, at the draft lottery. They know they're getting Victor Wembanyama. And, uh, but, but the thing is, though, with him going to the Spurs, I know the coaching is going to be great with Greg Popovich, but – I don't know if they will be a championship contender in, you know, two, three years as quickly as it would have been if he would have went to the Blazers and was teamed up with uh, Damian Lillard or if he went to the uh, Hornets and was teamed up with LaMelo Ball. I think it's going to take a little bit more time because the first kind of have to find that second guy to pair with Wemim Yama for them to be a championship contender. But I do expect the Spurs to be in the playoffs, at least in the playing tournament, by 2025. I mean, maybe next year they won't make the playoffs because it's it's Wembenyama's rookie year. But by 2025, I expect them to be in the playoffs. And for the Spurs, it, it's like deja vu. 
with, mm. with just like how they got Tim Duncan 25 years ago, uh, or, or, or I think 20, 26 years ago, how, 99, how, uh, 99, 99 or 98, because they were terrible. And because Robin, David Robinson only played six games in 97 and then they got the number one pick. They ended up drafting Tim Duncan and then they're champions by 99. I don't think mm. it'll be this. No. It'll it'll be the same thing because Wembenyama doesn't have a number two like 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 as a number doesn't really have a number two with them. But the Spurs are going to be a are going to be a great team. They are set for the next uh, fifteen years if Wembenyama wants to stay. If, if if Victor wants to stay with them. Yeah, yeah, you know, Pop. Yeah, who knows how much longer Pop is be coaching? But yeah, got another really good generational talent center. Yeah, you know. Because yeah, their their roster right now is not great. I know Devin Vassell had a pretty good year, but like outside of that, there's not a ton of talent on the team right now. So yeah, they got a lot of work to do, San Antonio. But yeah, as you mentioned, like Portland, you know, I know they're already shopping that three pick to try to get a number two for Damian Lillard. Yeah, that would have been a great pairing, him and Damian, but um, you know, obviously the the lottery balls didn't fall their their way last night. But yeah, for the Spurs, it's great for them. Yeah, they got another generational kind of big man that they they needed, and you know, they got rewarded for not trying this year. Which you don't I, like that. You don't like that. No, I don't. I don't. Maybe I would if the Kings actually one year just absolutely tried to tank, but they got <laughs> lucky a couple of times. So one of them didn't work out with Marv Bagley. But I yeah, I I kind of don't like how you get rewarded for absolutely not trying and not putting a roster out there. But hey, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nothing they- you can do about it. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't sign Demar. They didn't sign Demar Derozan. They didn't. They trade. They they traded Dejounte Murray. They pretty much, you know, tore the, when they when they when they found out that they really weren't a championship team. They kind of tore it apart, and they pretty much set themselves up for this. And hey, give them, hey, they ended up they ended up getting lucky, and now they're now they're going to be back. They're going to be back. They should be back to what they were from like from from 1999 for, for pretty much like 15 years from like 99 to 2014. They're probably gonna be pretty much back to where they were. So yeah, pretty yeah, pretty much from '99 to that uh, Kawhi Leonard injury in 2017, they were the model organization in the NBA. They were the top organization in the league, and it looks like they're gonna be back to that, seeing the player they're, that they're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll see what they get coaching wise after Papa. Yeah, with Wambi Yamba coming in, um, I imagine with the roster too, they gotta have a lot of open cap space. So yeah, maybe this maybe this inclines, you know a free agent maybe to want to come play with Victor next year, you know, maybe, I don't know, but yeah, you know, I think for the Spurs, yeah, it's been a franchise for what it, they had what, like 18 kind of winning seasons in a row, or they were close to two decades with a winning record. So yeah, the Spurs have been pretty good. I know the last couple of years have been, you know, dreadful after the Duncan era and, you know, Tony Parker, Ginobili kind of went, you know, they kind of got older but yeah, for the Spurs, yeah, it's been a franchise that's been usually relatively pretty good. So for them, yeah, great. And um, yeah, they should be back maybe in the next couple of years, maybe being back kind of in the playoff picture, or, you know, being back in the playoffs in the Western Conference. It's, you know, um, done talent there. But a lot of those, a lot of kind of the stars in that conference, Western Conference are now return age, like Curry and LeBron and AD are getting up there. So Damian Lillard. So yeah, there could be kind of room for changing the guard soon. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll now move on to an organization that uh, can't get out of their own way, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers. They fired Doc Rivers uh, yesterday, and I don't think – I had a feeling Doc was going to get fired because, listen, he, he is a terrible big-game coach. He's a terrible coach in Game 7s, but definitely it's not all Doc Rivers' fault. Uh, James Harden did not step up in the fourth quarter of the last three games of that series. That's a problem. And Joel Embiid – did not play like Joel Embiid in Game Seven. The stars didn't play like stars, and that's and that's that's a bigger issue for the Sixers than their head coach. I mean, yes, you can keep changing head coaches, but if your stars can't play like stars in this league, you're not going to get you're not going to get to the conference finals. You're you're not going to get the you're not going to get to the NBA finals, and ultimately, you're not going to win an NBA championship. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for Embiid and Harden didn't play well at all. Harden, but again, that's Harden. Harden hasn't played well in a big. Well, yeah, he hasn't really played well many big games. He's really struggled in those type of games, and you know that that's the issue. Like, I, I feel like it's tough to win with Harden, and yeah, and Embiid Sunday was just very quiet. They couldn't do much at all. Um, he didn't really show up, and that that's a problem. But what well, I think that was the seventh or eighth time Doc's teams have blown a three to two series lead. Like, I like Doc, but I think I used to overrate him. 
See, I'll. I think you might like this comparison. Me, Doc. I compare Doc Rivers to John Calipari. Like, they, like I think they're very good comparison. Yeah, I think they're very both overrated for having one championship. You know? Yeah, because they had that, that championship. Doc won was with the big oh, three. Yeah, yeah, and Cal Perry had a uh, Andy Davis who was generational center. You know that Kyle basketball there year. So yeah, you know I, that's kind of what I think of Doc. Um, look, yeah, it's not all of his fault, but yeah, one of these years your team's got to go over the top. He's blown a lot of these years over the years. So yeah, um, again, I assume Doc's gonna find another job elsewhere. But yeah, for the Sixers, they want to go over the hump. They need a little bit more and. I know Harden could opt out of his deal, so we'll we'll see. I know there's been rumblings that maybe he goes back to Houston. I'm not completely sure why that team's kind of in disarray right now, but hey, who knows? But yeah, for the Sixers, I think I think it's time to move on, get a new voice in that room, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll still see where they go. Do they go with the Monty Williams? Do they go with the Nick Nurse? Do they go with the Mike Budenholzer? We we'll see. We'll see where the Sixers go. It's funny though how many coaches have, have won championships and have lost their jobs. Uh, Frank Vogel, I mean, uh, Nick Nurse. Uh, Nick Nurse won the title in 2019. He lost his, he got fired this year. Mike Budenholzer won the title in 2021. He got fired uh, this year. Frank Vogel won a title in 2020. He got fired this year. Not a lot of patience from these NBA owners with these head coaches. No, no, there's not. You know, Monty Williams got the title or title two years ago. I know it's the new owner, but yeah, he just got fired too. So yeah, you know, I kind of, the, uh, you know, I understand why you got so much time here with some of these stars that you you want to win now and all that and kind of feel like maybe it's better to have a new voice in the locker room. But, yeah, you know, some of these owners right now are uh, pulling the trigger very, very quickly. Even though I don't disagree with, like, the Boonholzer one and not even – I don't even disagreed with the Monty Williams one. I, the way they came out in the last two elimination games and they gave up 44 points in both first quarters, yeah, might – might need some change. So like, I don't mind it, but yeah, like coaches are, are me owners are, yeah, are really pulling the trigger very quickly on these guys. Oh, absolutely. 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 And we'll see where the Sixers go from here. But unfortunately, uh, before we wrap, before we go to break, uh, we got to talk about uh, John Morant. And this is just very, very, this is really, really unfortunate and really a guy that clearly does not get it. I mean, it's th- three, two months ago, you got caught, you, 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 you got caught with having a night uh, of a gun in a nightclub in Denver uh, you, you did get suspended for eight games and you went to rehab for a very, very short period of time, which did not work at all. I'm going to rehab did not work at all. Uh, the, him, uh, you know, it, it just shows you what, what, what happened on Saturday night just shows you that he didn't learn from anything, anything that happened previously. He learned from nothing. He just did the same thing. He learned, he learned nothing. And, and I put this on Ja and I put this on the NBA. There should have been a harsher suspension in March for John ja Morant. And 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 the problem is they 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 let they they they, they let him they, they they didn't give him a hard harsh enough suspension. He didn't go to rehab as long as he should have. And and the reason why is he probably wanted to get back and get ready for the playoffs. This isn't about that for the the for the Grizzlies for John. This is not this year was not about winning the championship. It was about getting John Morant right, getting John Morant you know back to being right. And and right now he's an absolute mess. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, yeah, that that suspension. I know we didn't talk about the first time around, but I thought he should have been suspended for the rest of the, for the rest of the regular season and see where he was at and then go from there. And if you want to spend it for the playoffs, go, you know, if he wasn't, you know, totally habilitated, then, you know, go ahead. But I think you should, I think Silver should suspend him for at least 40 games. Absolutely. I think you have Without to a doubt. Book. It's got to be at least half the season, at least yeah. half the season. Yeah. You got to throw the book at him and, you know, and kind of say, you know, we're not messing around anymore. Cause yeah, it, it it's something where he didn't learn. You know, and his message, what his apology was, did not seem very sincere. And it just felt like one of those four things where it's like, I have to apologize for this. And it was like, I'm working on it. But I'm like, you should have been working on this two months ago. You know, again, it's a sad kind of state because he's such a great talent. But yeah, he needs help and he needs help now. And look, you know, they kind of, this is kind of what happens. You just give a guy sometimes a slap on the wrist and they don't really respond to it. And now, yeah, now, now Adam Silver and this NBA, and he's got to stop being best friends, I think, at times. And this is a time where he's got to stop being best friends with these players and actually lay down his foot and kind of know that, you know, lay, you know, lay down some order here because, yeah, this is not good. And, look, you know, he didn't do anything illegal, but, again, no, he's an employee of the NBA and the Memphis Grizzlies. And he's flashing no, a gun on Instagram yeah. Live. 
Yeah. You know, like no, 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 no employment's going to want, you know, most, most employees, if they ever did that would probably get fired in most places. So look, you know, it's not illegal, but it's not a good look and it's a bad look and you never know. And you could go ask Plasco Burst because oh, he was I around that and shining himself well. on foot. Yeah, so. I know that one well. I know that one well. Yeah, so. and, 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 and going back to Adam Silver, I thought when he first became commissioner and he suspended Donald Sterling for life, great job. Outstanding. And I was so – I was and people were very high on him. They loved it when he did that. He was considered the best commissioner in sports when he did that. But, yeah, the buddy-buddy with the players have to stop with Adam Silver. He's got to be like David Stern. He's got to put his foot down and suspend this guy for half the year. And if he doesn't, you're going to create a culture where other players are going to think this is okay and they're going to do the same thing. I completely agree with you. Yep, because if you lay down the foot now and lay down the law, then all the players around the league are going to know that this ain't okay, and you would hope that nobody does something like this. But, yeah, if you kind of slap them on the receipt again, other players around the league are going to kind of go, all right, maybe this is, you know, not being as afraid of as they should be. And, yeah, that's the problem with – I, yeah, because I think this buddy-buddy stuff, this is a different conversation for another day, but with the with all the, you know – um. Load management load stuff. Management. Oh, yeah. Load management. Like that, 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 that makes the sport in the regular season terrible. He's, he's got to crack down on that, too. Yeah, you know, so, like, yeah, I think there's some things that Silver has to fix. But, yeah, he's best friends with the players. It, it, you know, I get why. But, yeah, it can only go so far. And this is one of these times where he really has to kind of be more, you know, he's really got to be strict with them and make sure with strict with Drenly Morant here and make sure that nothing like this ever happens again because it's, it's reckless and again he's a role model to a lot of people and it just doesn't you know to a lot of kids and it just doesn't look good for not a good look for the sport it's absolutely terrible it's absolutely terrible for the sport for the sport sport this is going on and, and if there's another light suspension that, that, that that's that's just going to create a culture where players just think that think that they could just do whatever they want so so there has got to be there has got to be a suspension at least at least at minimum uh, half the season. He, he's, he is, he has got to get half the season. Yeah, I completely agree. A 40 games at, at, at least is a good one to really show him here that, you know, and that gives him plenty of time to go to rehab, go get help, go, you know, do whatever he has to do here to kind of, you know, you know, learn, learn from this incident the second time because, uh, yeah, you know, it just doesn't seem like, you know, um, doesn't seem, yeah, obviously it doesn't seem like he learned from the first time around here. Oh, absolutely not. There, there is no way. There is no way that 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 he learned from that he learned from the first time. But the NFL schedule has came out. We'll talk about that and the Pats and Giants schedule. But before we do, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a four hundred one k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, 
Call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All right, the NFL schedule is out, has been, was released on thir- last Thursday, and a lot, of, a lot of great matchups on the schedule. I know the opener is a little bit questionable because of the Lions, but the Lions have high expectations this year. Got a lot of really, really good matchups. Uh, you got the NFC East playing the NFC East. Got a rematch of the Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Obviously, you got matchups with 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 with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, you got Allen and Mahomes. You got Burrow and Mahomes. You got you got the 49ers facing the Eagles and a rematch of the NFC Championship game. So you got a ton of great matchups on this schedule. But the but the big thing is is we want to we want to give our top five matchups before we get to the Giants and Pat schedules. We want to get we're going to pick our top five matchups from this season. And I'm going to go first. And number five for me is uh, the Chiefs and the Bills. The Chiefs and the Bills, another game. It's all. It seems to always be a good game between, especially the last couple matchups. They seem to always be really good games. Uh, having having the Chiefs, it's the Bills going to Arrowhead to face the Chiefs. You got Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes. That is my number five. Uh, number four, it's the it's the game on 9/11. It's Rogers' first game with the Jets, and you know who's coming to MetLife Stadium. That is Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So we got Josh Allen against Aaron Rodgers uh, at MetLife Stadium on 9-11. Monday night game. Should be a really, really great atmosphere for that game. So that, 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 that that's my number four. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with the Bengals and the Chiefs on, uh, on, on New Year's Eve. That's a 425 game on CBS. Uh, Burrow and Mahomes. It's, it's a, it really, since those, the, since those teams have played, they've played four games. And they, since Burrow and Mahomes have gone up against each other, and they've all been one possession games. Remember that great game they had in the regular season in 20, 2021 at the end of the year? Yeah, yeah, the game, uh, the, the AFC Championship game where, where Mahomes threw a couple picks, but the Bengals pulled the upset and went to the Super Bowl. Then last year, the Bengals winning the game in Cincinnati. And then you had that rematch in Kansas City, and the Bengals were talking trash, calling it Burrowhead Stadium. And then Matt Patrick Mahomes mm. beats them, gets back to the Super Bowl. And then wins the Super Bowl. So that's why that's my number three. Number two, it's the rematch of the big game. It's the rematch of the Super Bowl on Monday Night Football between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Uh, I, th- I think that's going to be an excellent game. The Eagles drafted really, really well. They should still be, even with even losing six or seven starters, seeing the way they drafted, they should still be one of the top teams in the NFC. And the Chiefs, they got number 15. Enough said. They're going to be one of the top. They'll obviously be one of the top teams in the AFC. So that'll be great to see. See the rematch of the Super Bowl at Harrowhead Stadium on November 20th. And last, my number one, we've never gotten this. We've never gotten this matchup of quarterbacks. We almost we thought we would get it twice. Back in 2019, we thought we'd get it. Mahomes was hurt. Back in 2021, uh, uh back in 2021, Rogers missed the game due to COVID. But now we're getting the big matchup. Now we're getting the matchup that we want between the uh between the uh, Chiefs and the and and and, and the Jets, We're getting Rodgers and Mahomes, and and I'm really excited for this matchup between these two at MetLife Stadium on October 1st on Sunday Night Football. Should be a great game between those two teams. So I mean, the, 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 that that is my number one. Justin, your top five games of the season. My top five. I'll start. Actually, this was your number one. I'll go KC and uh, the Jets week um, on the Sunday Night game. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, because. You know, I know we've kind of thought there would be other chances we'd see Mahomes versus uh versus Aaron Rodgers, but yeah, this will be the first one Sunday night football against the Chiefs. Should be an offensive battle and weird having the Jets up here, one of the big games. But um yeah, the, the Jets, I got them in two of my games. <laughs> yeah, I got I got them in the I got the same one number four as you. I got that Buffalo Jets week one for Aaron Rodgers, first time in the Jet uniform. And I like I hate saying like a must win for the Jets, but like if they want any chance to win this division, you feel like you got to beat the Bills here week one at home. Like you know you, you know because I don't think they're going up there to Orchard Park and knocking them off the second time around. So I feel like for the Jets, you want to win that division. Feel like you got to kind of win this game, even though you know for week one, you know pretty good chance you got to win that football game. That that one should be a good one. Seeing him out there, um, you know first winning that game of the year. Um, should be a fun one. My third one, my number three game is Philly versus San Francisco week 13, the rematch of the NFC championship game, two of the best teams in the conference. Once again, could be, you know, we could see those two teams meet up yet again for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, it, we all expect San Francisco to keep it a lot closer than it was last year, um, in the NFC championship game, but 
that should be another good one. Then I got number two, Cincinnati versus the Chiefs. Week 17, two of the best quarterbacks in sport. You've mentioned there's been a lot of really good matchups between these two teams the last couple of years. One of the best rivalries in the sports for for the years for the for the next you know years upcoming, you know, with those two franchises. Um, you know, with the two kind of young quarterbacks that they got still. And then my first one is last year's Super Bowl rematch, Philly versus KC. Um, two of the best offenses of the game, two of the best rosters in the sport. Um you know, that game should come down to the final possession and being on Monday Night Football, you know, um, should, should be an awesome game showcasing the, those two teams going at it yet again. So uh, that that should be another fun one there on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and and, and, and yeah, so we pretty much had the same. The one you, the ones that were different, I had Allen Mahomes and you had Eagles Niners. I was close to putting Eagles Niners. My problem, though, with putting Eagles Niners, though, is you don't know who the quarterback's going to be for San yeah. Francisco. And that game could be it could be it could be uh, it could be a good game, but it could be low scoring, not knowing who the quarterback's going to be. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I felt like you know with those two, I think felt like San Francisco here. Um, yeah, is going to keep it. You know, to be a much closer game, and yeah, you know who the quarterback is, but I think San Francisco's defense could definitely keep it. In. Yeah, it could be low scoring, but definitely it could mean something too for a home field. I know those are could, could oh, be a chance for that one seed. So oh, absolutely, it could be yeah. a high stakes game. Oh, without question. Now, going to the Giants, we'll go to the Giants schedule first. And looking at the schedule, this is a pretty, pretty, a little, this is a difficult schedule for the Giants. Look, and, and I think the way it was structured makes yeah. it a little bit difficult. They, four of the first six, six of the first 10 are on the road. I know they, there's rumors about seven. No, that's not true. It's four of the first, it's uh, four of the first 10 are, are at home because they play Dallas in the opener, uh, Seattle at home. Uh, they play the Jets at home in week eight and they play the, uh, the commanders at home. I think people got confused when the commander commanders games were. So they got those flipped. That's why they're saying uh, three of the uh, seven of the first ten are on the road. No, six of the first ten on the road. So that will be tough. Another thing people aren't looking aren't really looking at that much is they have four short weeks, starting with week two. Week two they play the Cardinals in in, in Arizona. Then uh, week uh, week three they go to San Francisco. Uh, week uh, four they play the Monday night game against the Seahawks. And week five they go to Miami. Week uh, week six. They no, uh, let me think. Uh, week week six are uh, in week, Buffalo. Week six are in Buffalo. So 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 that's not a short week. Uh, week uh, I'm thinking. Uh, uh, hold week, on, I got. I think uh, it's. I, I got it. It's a. Uh, it's week eleven. I think it's week thirteen and four. Week oh uh, no, week so uh, four, fourteen and fifteen. Week fourteen they play the Monday yeah. night game, and then week fifteen they play a, a Sunday in New Orleans, and then week uh, six weeks week uh, seven, sixteen they 16. play the Eagles, and then week seventeen. They uh, play the Rams in a short week. So, but the thing is, is if you look at four of those, two of those won't really matter because the the, the first the, the, they're, they're, there's a very good chance they'll lose to San Francisco anyway. So having that short week's not going to really affect them in that game. It may, hey, it may, it may affect them, but having that short week, I, I think they're going to lose to San Francisco anyway. So I, I, I think I don't think it's going to affect them. And then, uh, and then, then week. Uh, the, 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 the 16 and 17, I think they're going to beat the Rams regardless. So I don't think it, that's that's really going to affect them. The two weeks where it could affect what they do is uh, week four and five, having the short week against the Dolphins could have an effect, and having the short week going to New Orleans could have, could have an effect. So those are the two weeks I think that, that could potentially have an effect. But overall, looking at the schedule, I got them going 11 and six. I got them splitting with, splitting with all the teams in the division. I got them going two and two, uh, two and two in the AFC East. Uh, losing to the Jets and the Bills, beating the Dolphins and the Patriots. Uh, I got them beating. I got them beating the Saints. I got them beating the Packers. I got them. Uh, I got in, in the West. I got them going three and one. I got them winning that Monday night game against the Seahawks. Obviously, got them beating the Cardinals and the Rams and losing to the 49ers. So I got the. I got them going eleven and six. Look, I know the schedule's tough, but I got. I got faith in the fact that Brian Dayball is a really good coach. They've improved this team. I got them going eleven and six and finishing in second in the in the NFC. After the schedule was released, yeah, I got them at ten and seven. Um, yeah, I think they could get to eleven and six as well. Yeah, you know, I worry, you know, couple with all the travel they got early on, you know, and but they're the, all back to back here's, road weeks. Here's the thing about the travel: they're going to stay out and stay out on the West Coast those yeah. first two oh, weeks yeah. of the season. They're not going to they're not going to go from Arizona back to New Jack to East Rutherford, yeah. back then, to San Francisco. They're not doing that. They're staying mm-hmm. out on the West Coast. The, 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 those, those two of the first three weeks. Those, those those two weeks in September, they're staying on the West Coast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. I just, you know, it seems like a lot of kind of road games, and then you got three-game road trip, you know, mid, you know, in the middle of November there. I think 10-7, and seven, they got a pretty tough schedule. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, 
think the ro- the roster is better. You know, we'll see how healthy the the team could be. I you know, because I could see them win another game or two if they kind of stay healthy. Uh, especially you know because they've been banged off, especially wide receiver the last couple of years. So I think this is a ten and seven team. I could see them getting eleven six as well. Um, but yeah, you know, um, the team definitely right there. I think I think they'll finish a little bit better than the Cowboys. I think Cowboys finished like eight and nine, nine and eight. So yeah, I think they finished second in the division this year. Yeah, and and looking at that three game road trip, I mean, three those three games are the Raiders, which is a game they should win. Uh, once the, and what they are, they are back to back at Dallas and Washington, but I think very easily can go two and one in that stretch. I would not be surprised at all if, if they go two and one in that stretch. And we all know the game after that three game road <laughs> yeah. trip. And hey, you better be here, uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving because that's a big yes. week with the Giants and Patriots going at it, especially for the show. That's a big week. Yeah. So make arrangements that we, that even if you're going anywhere on Thanksgiving, that. We work around the show the uh, week before Thanksgiving, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, that we that we have a show because that that's a big game between the Giants and Patriots. That's a big game for the show, seeing the Giants and Patriots meeting up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I right now I definitely don't have any any plans to be going anywhere. So yeah, that that'll be that will definitely be a fun one. You know, I feel like I know you guys are like a point favorite, so it is a coin toss. I'll, very. I'm. Oh no, we'll get the. Oh Patriots yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get you. I'll get you your pick when we do the Patriots schedule yeah. that game. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you know, so I think it could be a coin toss type of game. We'll see, but yeah, you know, uh, that that will be a big one. That that can't be the first time since we've been doing the show together that they're playing. They're meeting, right? That can't be. I think twenty. They years. did twenty nineteen. Oh yeah. But we weren't doing it with we weren't doing it with CMG at that point though. Okay. Yeah. We weren't. Yeah. On so the, first we time on the, we were, This could be the first time on this platform okay. that they played each other. Okay. Okay. So yeah, all right. We were, so, yeah. we were doing it at CSB. We we're doing it at CSB. I think we did it like maybe the day we might have done it like the day before the game when they played the. Uh, when we were doing it. We were oh, doing yeah, the show it? with. We were doing the show with Kyle. I think we were doing yeah. it the day before the game. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was a Thursday night one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. And I listen as a Giants fan in that game. I knew the Patriots were going to win because we had yeah. like guys out and stuff, and it was Daniel Jones's first year. This yeah. game. This one will be a little bit more competitive. I. I. I'm, I got a feeling for. I got a feeling that it will be a little bit more competitive. Yes, it will. You know, it, it should be. It, hopefully, yeah. You know, it should be a close game. Could mean something for both teams. Maybe the. I think it's going spot. to. I think it's. Yeah, I think so. both teams are going to be in it because uh, look, looking at uh, looking at the Patriots and the way they've 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 played the last three years, they seem to play well in that month of November. Yeah, yeah. It's usually where they get the their peak of the season, but that's usually where Bills teams kind of go. They kind of start to peak right around there. But the, so but, the huge... but the difference is now that Brady's gone, they yeah. go like this at the, at the end of the year. They yeah. usually, they, <laughs> they usually would do is start slow, and then uh, and then uh, and then you know start to peak, and then they would continue to peak. But since Brady's gone, mm-hmm. they'd start slow, uh, kind of kind of peak, uh, kind of peak, and then go downhill. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Yes, we will. You know that's. That's the week before our buy. Or that's right. You know, we play you guys right after the yeah, buy. And, 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 and that's the thing. Weeks. It's the week before your buy, and it's and it is the uh, it's it's the it's the it's a it's the twelve straight week the Giants are playing. So that definitely yeah. is an advantage for New England. I think. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely we, could. Yeah. Bill's got two weeks to prepare for that game. Oh yeah. You know he will because I know he's you know his uh, him and Purcells. You know, you know he loved to uh, say something to Purcells, knocking him off. So. <laughs> oh yeah. You know. You know, because the stuff about the Jets. Did you see about the draft? He spited the Jets. Oh, yeah. The trade off. I know. I know. I know. I know. He screwed the Jets. There. <laughs> he got his grudges. Yes. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now talking about the Pats, we'll go on to the Pats schedule. And I think at the beginning, it's absolutely brutal. Look at the beginning of the schedule. They open up with that's a That's a brutal <laughs> opener. And they're honoring Brady that day. Yeah. They should just honor Brady against the Dolphins. Try to honor Brady in a game they're going to win. <laughs> Not a game mm-hmm. that you know they're going to lose against the Eagles. So they got the Eagles. They got the Dolphins in week two. And I'm telling you, that Dolphin game, look at the yeah, early season yeah. schedule. I think that's a must win. They got to beat the Dolphins in week two uh, on their home on Sunday night football. They, they got to beat Miami in week two because look at their schedule. They got they got the Jets on the road. That's brutal. Dallas in Dallas, maybe. Maybe that, 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 that's a maybe. New Orleans, they're all tough outside, outside of Vegas. Vegas, they got to win. Buffalo and Miami. Looking at the first, there's a very good chance the Patriots could start the season two and six. I, I, looking at that yeah. schedule. I wouldn't be surprised if they start two and six. It does soften up though in in, in November. So you 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 think they're go- they are going to play well in November because they got two very winnable games. Got the got the uh, Commanders and then the Colts in Germany. So they they very easily can be going into that Giants game on a two game winning streak, playing good football. I, I think they'll be playing good football 
going to that Giants game. But what's your prediction? Yeah. What do you think? Do you think they beat the Giants in week 12 or do they lose? Right now, I think they lose. Yeah. Right now, I think they do. Well, I've been going back and forth. Like, I think they could finish five and tw- five and twelve, and they could go. They could be from five to twelve or nine to eight. Like, I feel like they're in that range. Like, I yeah. feel like it. De- as you mentioned, I feel like it depends on how they do those first kind of eight weeks. They can win a couple. Like, I feel like you know they do lose to Miami again. I I don't know if we could beat the Raiders. Like, right? I think there's so much unknown still about the offense, and just I think it really depends on how you know Bill O'Brien, how quickly Bill O'Brien can fix his offense. Yeah. You know, and the, and, the, I, the, and, and, the, and the thing is, is look at the early season games. You got to play Philadelphia in the opener. You got to play the Jets on the road. You'd rather, you'd rather have that Jet game at home. You got to play the Jets on the mm-hmm. road. You got to go to Dallas. I don't know. Dallas isn't great, but they're still a better team than you. You got to go. You got to play New Orleans, who's the best team in their division. Like you got the best team in the NFC South for that 17th yeah. game. Uh, you, you got you got Vegas. That should be a win. You got Buffalo and Miami back to back. So you have Miami two of the first eight weeks. You have four. Out of the first eight games, you got four division games in a really, really tough division. So it's gonna be it's gonna be hard early on to fix the offense because you, you got a lot of tough games, games where you have to, you're gonna have to keep up with quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I worry if this offense isn't right right from the tip, it's going it could be a long season now. You know, hopefully we're Brady there week one. Hopefully we can give some tips to Mac and how to how to survive with Bill Belichick and just you know when it seems like he's against you at times. You know, but yeah, I'm with you. Like I thought, cause I know they leaked it and I thought Miami was going to be the, cause at first it was like, Oh, that the last Thursday was like, okay, Miami's going to be the home opener. And that was going to be Brady and made sense because of Sunday night game. But yeah, I was looking at Eagles tickets, but I think it's 570 bucks to get through the door right now. So oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, no, thank you. Yeah. I'll watch it from home. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a tough, I think we have the, from last year's winning percentage, I think we have the third toughest schedule. So you do. You know, and if you look at the quarterbacks you face, it look, you're going to have put to face Allen, Rodgers, and Tua six times, Mahomes and Hurts twice, and then you got two games. You got a game against Herbert, that's nine, and you got two games against Dak and Daniel Jones. You arguably have eleven games against against top ten quarterbacks. You at least have ten. If you want to consider yeah. Daniel Jones somehow a top ten quarterback? That's eleven games against top ten quarterbacks. That's why my prediction for the Pats season is six and eleven. I just think the season is too tough. They don't have the offensive personnel to support Mac Jones and and keep up and keep up with some of those quarterbacks in those big games. I know their defense will be pretty good, but I just don't think that's enough. My looking at the schedule, I I say six and eleven. Yeah, I have right now eight and nine. I did say the five to twelve range at nine to eight. Like I could see anything fall between there. I'll go eight and nine. Like I think we could. Like I feel like week eighteen gets the Jets at home. I feel like that might not mean anything for the Jets. We could steal that one. I feel like we can beat Denver on the road, Christmas Eve. Maybe 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 Pittsburgh or yeah. Pittsburgh or the Chargers. You played Bill does actually really well against the Chargers, and oh, they've beaten yeah. the Chargers twice without Tom Brady. So yeah, that's relevant. They, Bill has done a really good job against Justin Herbert. You got Pittsburgh, Bill, uh, Pittsburgh against Kenny Pickett. So we'll see what happens there at home on a Thursday night. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. And yeah, you know we got what eleven days before the Chiefs too at home on Monday night, like you know. And he lo- I bet Bill loves that Thursday night against the Steelers because I Army Navy playing at Gillette. Yeah, and I think that's I think Saturday. that's a it might be a road game. My mistake. That might be. A oh road yeah, game. no, at Pittsburgh. At it's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, at Pittsburgh. That's my yeah, bad. but I'm just saying. Um, Bill loves that because he can go. He doesn't have to prepare <laughs> Sunday. He can watch Army Navy from Gillette. Exactly. Because uh, they'll be exactly. playing up there this year, so he loves yeah, that. Yeah. And yeah, Chiefs on Monday night with 11 days. I don't think they win that game, but you got 11 days of prep from Mahomes before coming in. So. Yeah, it's going to be a yeah. tough one, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's going to be a tough but, one. It's going to be a tough one. Yeah, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just think I think the schedule is just too tough for them, and they just don't have the offensive firepower to keep up with the quarterbacks they're going to be facing. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's my worry, and that's why I feel like you know I'm a little bit more maybe optimistic at eight and nine, but yeah, it's it's going to be a tough road in that division. Yeah, it's you know it, it may be that if they start out slow at like, as you mentioned, two and six, which is, yeah, it's very quite possible. Yeah. I think it's really tough to rebound from that and, and, and kind of get back in this thing with how tough their division is. Exactly. 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 So we're going to wrap up the show talking about some baseball and the Yankees. And the big story for the Yankees is, is, is Aaron judge, Aaron judge. And all he was accused of the cheating, <laughs> cheating the other night, but still five home runs, 10 RBIs in his last four games. It's just made such a difference in the lineup. They've only scored less than six runs one time since he's been in the lineup. This lineup is starting to be, be really good with Bader, 
with uh with with DJ with Rizzo. This lineup is is, is Glaber's hit the ball better. This lineup has started to really really click. Uh, they looks like they found they, they've got a <laughs> right now they're sticking with the hot hand in the ninth inning with Monty Peralta. They're sticking with with the hot hand. And then the, the, the really concern for me is the rotation. Nestor has not pitched well recently. We saw what happened with Herman last night, get him getting thrown out of the game for having a legal substance. Clark Schmidt is absolutely terrible. He's garbage. I don't know why they just, when when Severino comes back, don't pull him from the rotation and and, and not Brito. Why Brito should stay in the rotation. Mm. I mean, he's not been that good, but he's been better than Clark Schmidt. So, uh, I, I, but this offense has, the reason this team has been playing better is because of judges return and the way the offense has played. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, the, the, the Blue Jays with that ac- accusation, again, you, you throw six or eight sliders, any major league here is going to hit that, but whatever. Yeah. You know, I, whatever, but, um, yeah, judge has been awesome. He's so locked in yet again. Um, you know, coming off the IL, he's been huge for him, you know, been dead, yeah, you know, Rizzo's over 300. Um, you know, Bowers has been a nice addition too. like, he hasn't been horrible hitting the bat. So, yeah, this this team's been um this team's you know they again they outside of one game last week against Tampa Bay they were they were competitive yet again against Tampa Bay that was you know a nice rally there Saturday or yeah down six nothing Saturday so yeah the rotation's a big issue right now I'm kind of fed up with Herman that was obviously he was using the Siggy stuff last night that was he did not try to hide it with it all over his leg but or over his pant leg so. I'm all done with Herman. Yeah, Sevi, I think is like Monday or Tuesday. It seems like he's Sunday or Tuesday. He's supposed to start. Um, so it'll be nice to get him back. Yeah, I feel like Clark Smith is more of like a long man reliever role. Um, I feel like that's what he should go kind of bridge into. We'll see what they do. But yeah, you know, hopefully, hopefully at some point you get Rondon back. I don't know when Luis Hill is supposed to come back. Coming back from Tommy John, but. Look, I, I think the Yankees right now, they're playing a lot better, and they've been fun to watch. And they, they you know, going up there getting the first two against Toronto has been great. Now you got Garrett Cole tonight. So you have a good chance of going up tonight, you know, three games, winning the first three games out there in Toronto tonight. Absolutely. And, yeah, you talked about them being fun to watch. Those Tampa games this week, this 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 weekend, were so much fun. To, all of them. All of them were great yeah. games. You had 6-5 on, 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 with Rizzo hitting the two-run homer on uh, – on, on, uh, th- on, Friday, you're thinking Saturday they're they're buried. They're facing McClanahan. They're down six nothing in the fifth, and then Aaron Judge hits two home runs. They take the lead. They end up winning the game nine eight. And then and then on Sunday too, too that was that was another outstanding, great game uh, between between those two teams on, on Sunday. Uh, that, that, that was a great game eight seven. Y'all thought you thought Judge might have tied the game, but they were great games. They played the Rays so well. They split with them, and then they I know they lost two out of three. I mean. Part of the reason is because of Aaron Boone pulling Garrett Cole on, Sun- mm. on, on the Sunday game, but they played the Rays really, really tough. I mean, I know they went three and four, but against a team like that, they played them really tough. And then going to Toronto, winning those two games against a team you're going to be competing with is crucial. And then you're in, as you said, great shape tonight with Garrett Cole on the mound. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they've been awesome. Yeah. You know, you're going up against um, Chris Bassett, who's been pretty good. So, but the way they've been, the way they've been raking right now, I feel like they got a, they got a good chance tonight. So, yeah, you know, Sunday was a tough one. And Sunday, the the way Jason Adam did you see his like reaction? He, reaction. Thought, he thought the ball was, was gone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but the wind was blowing in. So he just, you know, that thing there was some projection thing, like the wind wasn't blowing in. It would have been out by like 26 feet or something. So it would have been long gone if the wind was not blowing in that on Sunday afternoon for Judge. But yeah, he's been locked in. The, it's been fun to watch. I think somebody's gonna catch the race in this division. I don't know who it is, but man, their bullpen is not they just they they, you see, they just overuse their bullpen. I think somebody's going to catch them. I don't know if it's going to be the Yankees, but I think somebody does in our division. I don't yeah. think they. I don't think Tampa wins their division. Our division. Yeah, that's their Achilles' heel, and not having glass now that that hurts depth in the rotation. So that that really hurts their bullpen there. Yeah, it does. And Glass now pitched AAA last night or a rehab, so he's probably getting close. But yeah, I feel like yeah, it, it's been their problem. They just overuse it, and yeah, I, I feel like somebody's going to catch them for it unless they make a move because yeah, they're. They just got so many guys on the IL like they usually do. So, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, it's been fun to watch. I'll take three, you know. I know, yeah, you, I know they lost four of the seven. But, uh, you know, the three wins, they were competitive against it. Yeah, I'll absolutely take the last kind of week against the Rays. I'll take that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, now moving on to the Red Sox. It looks like this team has really come down to earth. The pitching has still been horrendous. I know they still could hit pretty well. 
But the one thing they relied on early in the year was Jansen. He had a terrible weekend against the Cardinals. He blew two saves against the Cardinals. Uh, I think this team is really coming down to earth. It's not the manager's fault. It's not Alex Cora's fault at all. The problem is, outside of Chris Sale, who's pitched pretty well, this team just has no pitching at all. They have no pitching. They have no starting pitching. And that's that's a real problem. Even last night when they took a 4-0 lead against Castillo, they gave it back. And and they they only won 9-4, but they gave it back, you know? Uh, Pavetta gave it back. He's been terrible this year. They're starting pitching outside of Chris Sale. And Chris Sale had a terrible start. But outside of Chris Sale, this starting pitching has been absolutely terrible. And I think this team is clearly the worst team in the in the AL East. And and, and the big question is, is are they going to be able to hang on? Are they able to are they going to be able to be in contention by the trade deadline to try to get a starter? And the way they're playing right now, I just don't think they are. I, I think they're they're going to be out of it. Now, the balanced schedule helps. They're not playing the AL East. If they didn't have the, the balance, this team probably benefits from the balanced schedule more than any team in baseball because they're in the toughest division in baseball. And and you don't have to, and, and in a normal year, you'd have to play all those teams 19 times. So pretty much you're taking 12 – with the balanced schedule, they're taking away uh, – it's 24 games against those te- against the Orioles, uh, Yankees, Blue Jays, and Rays. They're taking 24 games away, for, for away, and now they're scheduling them against other teams. So that helps the Red Sox. That's why they might be in it. But the, with the way their pitching is, it's going to be tough to see them being in it by the trade deadline. Yeah, I'm with you. The, the pitching's up right now. It's kind of – it's beat up right now and, you know – Whitlock's going to be out for another couple weeks, I think. Um, Cutter Crawford, I think he might join him for this West Coast trip coming up. I think they may take him out. I think he might be traveling with them out there tonight. It sounds like there's a possibility. But, yeah, like, you know, they got they jumped on Castillo last night. They got 4 nothing, but, yeah, Pavetta blew it. You know, I know this week against what by the Cardinals was not great, but the Cardinals are starting to kind of get it to go get it going a little bit there. But, yeah, you know, the offense kind of cooled off this week, and he – Felt like at some point it's going to happen. Like Devers kind of broke out of his little slump last night. Um, but yeah, this Red Sox team, you know, John Schreiber, who's been their best, you know, one of the best bullpen guys the last couple of years. Now he's on the IL. You know, Jansen's got some problems. He's got to kind of correct now. So yeah, I feel like for the Sox, it's kind of, it, it's something where you're going out west now, you know, after tonight, you're, Playing San Diego, you got the Angels who are okay, and the Diamondbacks who have been a bit of a surprise. So, three kind of tough teams that you got to play out west, and it's never easy to go out west. And so, yeah, I feel like you know this kind of next ten games are going to be huge for Boston if they can kind of hang on. But yeah, your your lineup can only take you so far at some point because they're not going to all be on point for 162 games. And yeah, outside of Sale right now, I don't know who else in that rotation is really going to shut down lineups. Oh, it's exactly yeah, yeah. There really, there really isn't anyone. There really isn't anyone that's re- that that, that could shut anyone down. And that's just that's an Achilles heel. And that's what's going to prevent this. I think is going to prevent this team from competing late in the season. The starting rotation is what's going to is going to prevent them from competing. Yeah, I could I could absolutely see it. You know, because again, I don't think the Orioles are going anywhere. The Blue Jays are a team. I feel like they're good. Be, they're yeah, solid. they're good. But like, I feel like they don't show up every night to the ballpark and play their best. And yeah, like I think the Yan- the Yankees aren't great. But, yeah, I think they're better than the Sox, and I think, you know, they've kind of gone through all those injuries, and they're starting to get healthy. And, yeah, like Boston, like their haters are pretty healthy right now. I know they got no Arroyo, and no, no stories going to be coming back sooner rather than later. Um, and I know Duvall had a hot start here, but, yeah, I just don't know if their pitching is going to keep him in it for too much longer. And I think that's kind of – that's, that's a, you know, that was a good point. It's, it's been their Achilles heel, and they just haven't – they haven't been able – again, they had Evaldi. They didn't want to re-sign him. They had Waka last year who pitched pretty well. Like, they probably could have got him on a short deal. Like, you go out and get Kluber instead, who's been dreadful. So, you know, and, and we know Paxton. Paxton's the guy who could settle in after the first inning. But, like, that first inning, give up four runs, and you could be out of the game. Well, with their offense, you may not be out of the game, but some nights you might be out of the, out of the game. So, we'll see if they can get anything from Paxton. But, yeah, this the, the pitching staff is something that it's – you know, maybe they can make a move at trade line, trade line when they're somewhat still in it. But yeah, it, it could be tough for them to kind of stay, stay, stay in this division for 162 games. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up for sports talk for sports talk with RNJ for uh, Steve for Justin Alfio. I'm Steve Risser. We will be back next week talking about the continuing to talk about the conference finals, uh, the Yanks and Sox, and any NFL news that comes our way. Have a great weekend, everyone. 
Jones on the first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.